Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Hope you guys are doing exceptional on this Friday. Hope you guys are getting ready uh, to maximize your weekend uh, with, with opportunities to develop and improve. But I hope you guys had a great week. Uh, for those joining me for the very first time, my name is Joshua, as also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimism. After watching this, if you're like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be your coach here on For those who's been rocking me for a mighty long time, whether you've been watching or listening on my podcast, I want to say thank you all so much for trusting what God's entrusted to me. And I pray it continues to be treasure. But as everyone is coming in, let me give you the word for the day. It's simple. Don't prove yourself. Just simply improve yourself. A lot of people waste a lot of energy trying to prove to people who don't care about your success, that you're successful. Don't even worry about proving to your ex that you're over them. Don't even try to prove to your coworker that you're better than them. Don't try to prove yourself. Just simply spend that energy improving yourself because energy spent improving is always better and has a better return than energy you are uh, funneling into trying to improve yourself. I mean, try to prove yourself. Let God prove you. The Bible says uh, promotion doesn't come from east or west. It comes from God. No one can stop what God wants to do through you, in you, for you. And so don't spend that energy trying to prove to people that you're who you are, that God's on your life and, and the things that are supposed to be happening. Don't, don't waste that energy. Just go quiet. Go dark. I tell people a uh, health mode and wealth mode are sustained or are obtained through stealth mode. Stealth mode is, is keep your health quiet. Keep your wealth quiet. Just build in silence and let the results speak for you. God is the one that wants to advertise and speak on your behalf. Let him do it. Hope that was a blessing. You all hope that motivated you got some of you all going. But let's see. We got Lanita in the building. Make sure you tell your sons. I say hello. What's up, Christopher? Hope you well. K2 son says, hey, coach, how are you? I'm doing well. It's Friday, man. Kids gone. Kids out of the school, man. We good, man. I'm excited. Weekend. I'm excited about getting some uh, needed rest. But overall, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for asking, family. Fit, look, come on now. Come on. A little vintage, little Jackie right here. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, family. Only Dean, what's going on? Hope you're good, fam. Joanne McCoy said, hey, Coach Josh from Long Beach. Thank you so much for watching from Long Beach. K. Tucson says, can you, can you pray for me, please, for spiritual strength and guidance? Most definitely. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for my brother. Oh, my sister, I'm so sorry, uh, um, who's asking for prayer. Father, I, I, first, I'm humbled uh, with this opportunity, uh, and, and I'm glad I'm able to help and stand in the gap with my sister here for her spiritual strength and guidance. Father God, you're the only one, the source that could be able to make us strong spiritually. Father, I think Lord, that you will build a hunger in her. Father, I pray Lord, that you reveal her to her reveal yourself to her in such a special way, God, that she'll be able to say, God, you're my God, you're my Lord, you're my strength, and and, and I'm going to get strong in you. But we thank, Lord, for the your joy, for you said in your word, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Father, just make her laugh. Let her experience your joy. And Father, remove all blockers and, and conditions she thinks she needs to be happy. Let her know that you already met that condition for her on the cross, and therefore she can have joy no matter the loss, no matter the gains, no matter what it is, God, that you're going to always be the same for her. Her and leading and guiding her all truth. Well, I think about whatever she needs um, prayer for as far as God is, you already uh, uh, will continuously to confirm in her what it is that you have for her or want her to do. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. And just let me pray. Amen. <clears throat> Only Dean says, can you get into heaven without obeying Acts 2.38? Let's see what that, I think I know what that is, but let me just make sure for context sake. Acts 2.38 says, Peter replied, each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. 
definitely repenting for your sins is definitely a prerequisite to salvation. But people get so caught up in the technicalities, whether it's Jesus name or whether it's the father, son, however people be baptized. The, the main thing is as long as you went in the water, came back up, that you are a revealing outwardly of a change to have with inwardly. I don't believe God is going to be so technical that you didn't do the name only or Jesus name only or father, son. It don't even matter because salvation happens uh, um, um, when the Holy Spirit pursues you reveal you the goodness of God that draws you to a place of repentance where you accept the gospel, you repent for your sins, and you trust Jesus Christ alone for your salvation. That's the main thing. But the baptism stuff, um, it's good for a person to be baptized. What if someone gets saved on their deathbed, but there was no water near the bed? You think God ain't going to get that person saved? There's a lot of situations where people may not ever get to the water, but they got to the spirit. Hope they help. Oh, I lost my... Lenita says, Coach, Sean is here too. Tell Sean. Sean, what's up, family? We'll love to get you back on the schedule tomorrow. Tomorrow's pretty full. Um, uh, uh, I'll let you guys know for sure. Tomorrow, I won't be able to do it tomorrow. But hey, Sean, hope you're doing well, fam. We're gonna get you. We're gonna get on the phone soon, most definitely. What's up, Sade? Hope you're well. Tomorrow says, "Hey, Coach, how do you get rid of distractions that keeps me off track and become disciplined?" Great question. Well, you have to have a greater why. You have to have a strong why. You have to understand the, the 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 consequences of entertaining a distraction. Distractions are subtractions. Distractions are subtracting time, energy, focus away from things that's going to lead to your multiplication, addition, etc. The, the, the side of the mathematical equation that you should never want to be on is subtraction and division. You always want to be on the side of multiplication and addition. Anytime you get into distractions, those things are subtracting from you. Now, you have to, uh, you have to deal with the root reason by which you are so easily distracted, right? What is it? Is it because of uh, fear of success? Is it a fear of failure? Is it a fear of just any kind of fear. What is it? If you don't deal with the root issue, we can't change the fruit issue. If we don't deal with the root issue, we can't deal with the fruit issue. And so if the fruit in your life is that you're so easily distracted, we have to get to the root reason. I want you to discover what that root reason is, and then we get to the fruit reason. Now, let's talk about some reasons why people are easily distracted. We talked about fear. We talked about laziness. We talked about insecurities, uh, uh, inadequacies, other influences, uh, um, time management, or the lack thereof. But how do you get rid of distractions? Number one, you got to ask yourself, what are the attractions? What is, what is it that God wants you to be attracted to? What is the attractions? Like, where, where do you want to go? Like, attractions are at Dean theme parks. People get excited. Like, oh, man, I can't wait to go to uh, Carowinds here in Charlotte or Disney World or, or Six Flags. There's attractions there, right? So you got to ask yourself, what are the attractions in me? Because if you don't know what the things that God wants to attract you on, you're going to easily be distracted upon. Now you got to ask yourself, how's my relationship with God? Because there's got to be something that motivates you to move in a direction of what it is that God wants you to be attracted to. Now you have to determine where you're going. I think that's where we're trying to go. Determine where you're going. Where do you want to go? Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? All right. How do you get rid of relationships? Let's try. Let's see if we can do this. All right. You got to deep. You got to deepen your relationship with God. You got to deepen your relationship with God. You got to get to know, you got to go inside and deal with what's, what's the root reason or in, the re, root reason by which you're distracted on the inside of you. Number one, you got to repent and say, God, I'm repenting for not going after what it is that you want me to go after. Lord, I want to build a stronger relationship with you and begin investing in that. Practice it looks like this. Say, okay, what time in my day 
can I make a way to spend time with him, whether it be five or 20 or 30 minutes. God's not looking for quantity. He's looking for quality. He's looking for quality. Five good minutes with God is better than a person spending five hours not with God, but doing godly things, right? So you got to deepen your relationship with him. First, you got then next, you got to look inside of yourself. You got to look inside of yourself and say, what is the root reason on why I'm so easily distracted? Whatever that is, it could be insecurities. Let's get some other our words. Uh, impatience. It could be whatever it is. And last but not least, you got to do the thing little by little. You got to list the things that you are distracted against and then do a little in that situation. So, for instance, if you're distracted from writing a book or you're distracted from pursuing your goals, if you're distracted from eating right, don't don't try to bite it big, bite it small. And I hope that helped him. Hey, coach, Aline says, hey, coach, here for the nuggets. I, I, hope, I hope there's something on the platter for you. <laughs> I'm messing with you. I believe the Holy Spirit is going to make sure he feed all of us. Thank you so much for joining. Oh, we got a lot of questions today. Okay. Uh, Jody Real says, how would you explain modesty to a young sister or daughter according to the Bible? Are tight clothes forbidden, etc.? Great question. How would you explain modesty to a young sister? First, it's going to be hard to explain modesty to a young woman if she has low self-esteem. You can explain modesty all day. Modesty is the fruit of proper self-esteem. Modesty is the fruit in the eyes and the heart of a young lady who knows her worth, who knows her value. It, it, you have to begin to help her because if you don't do, like I said before, the other, other question, if you don't deal with the root issue here, the fruit's going to stay the same. She may change every now and then, but the fruit's going to find itself tighter and tighter. What you have to do is ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you or build a strong bond with your sister where you're able to find out, is there any daddy issues there? Are there any mama issues there? Are there any insecurities there? Are there any uh, just poor perspectives in there? Does she have bad images around her? And, or those things there? Because if you try to teach the fruit, but never deal with the root, then it's going to go over her head or she's going to take offense to it. The Bible says don't cast your pearls to swine. Why? Because the pearl, first off, the swine will step on them. Secondly, the, the swine will get offended and think that the pearls that you're throwing at them are rocks. The pearls are actually valuable, but it's thrown at them. And their perspective is going to think that the pearls you're throwing at them or that you're trying to stone them with your words when all that you're trying to do is build a pearl necklace for them and give them something beneficial. But so until you are able to deal with the swine's mentality, she ain't going to receive your pearls. So whatever is the contributing factor to why she is swine ment mentally, or have a swine's mindset, then there's no need to toss your pearls. What you got to do is hurl at her love, love, understanding, grace and truth. Until she's ready to receive the truth, lead with grace, lead with love, lead with understanding, lead with patience, be long suffering, gentle, kind for, uh, and towards her. And over time, when that when that love and that patience and that long suffering has has weakened the hardness on her heart, then she'll be open to hear what's on your heart and the pearls you want to give her. Right. But as far as tight clothes, yeah, I mean, anything that insinuates your body, especially that's only meant to be seen by your man or your woman. Man, that stuff is uh, the fruit of insecurities because people who wear those kind of things, they want people to look at them for the most part. I'm not a woman. I can't speak to all women on that. So please forgive me on that. But on the majority, people wear tight clothing because they don't got everything tight on the inside of their life, in, in their heart. With a loose heart leads to tight clothes. A heart that does, that's not really tight on the inside, put together, tight together, knitted together, is going to find uh, tighter and tighter on the outside because of insecurities 
and and wanting to be seen and to flaunt off what they have, or they just a a a, a woman with lust and and, and want to make help or be used as a, a conduit to make men fall, etc. Such many reasons why why women wear tight clothes and why men wear tight clothes or why uh, the gray sweatpants are out right now, whatever it is. A lot of people just insecure. They want to show off their body because they have nothing to show off on the inside. Hope that. Sean, my boy, hope you well. Louisiana, pray for family, praying. Hope you well, Sadie. We're praying for whatever the prayer request is, Father. We thank the Lord that you'll strengthen her, guide her, and help them in their situation, Father. Give me one second. All right. Excuse <clears throat> me. Joey Davis says, What's up, Coach Josh? It's Jojo out of Fort Worth, Texas. How do I get out of my comfort zone? And learn to and lean to God, or and learn uh, and let God lead my life and stop speaking on my next moves. Great question. Usually, we speak on our next moves due to zeal, due to excitement, due to insecurities, right? And so, the reason why let's start with the first layer how do I get out of my comfort zone? Well, it, your comfort zone is, is a, a comfort zone, is a place. Where where there's there's no ambition, there's no drive, there's no excitement, uh, um, there's no curiosity. Um, there those things are not there, right? People tend to be or stay in a comfort zone because they don't like to be challenged. Like people like to be comf- comfortable. They like to be overall comfortable because they don't want to necessarily deal with their issues or they love their issue. They love what they're going through. They love the sin in their life. They love it. They love it. They don't want to rise above it. But those who are willing to be challenged, they understand that they can only be sharpened by iron, that they can only grow when challenged. Then those people, if they don't follow that path, they're going to end up being comfortable. So how do you get out of your comfort zone? You got to be challenged. You got to uh, be willing to accept challenges. You got to be excited about growth. You got to be excited about progress. You got to be excited about getting better. And so you have to ask yourself, what is the contributing factor to why I'm not excited about getting better? Why am I not excited to, 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 to grow spiritually, to grow mentally, to grow physically? Today in my econ class, we talked about compound interest and how uh, we were talking about how certain investment portfolios, they, uh, they uh, gain interest of 11% on their investment. And I told them, I said, it's sad that many people will come to another December and will actually uh, uh, suffer the kingdom loss through their life. I said every year we should be endeavoring uh, uh, to to be at 11 percent growth or 15 percent growth or 20 percent growth and taking that growth from 2022 and bringing it to 2023, taking a growth from growing spiritually, growing mentally, emotionally and growing physically and growing financially and letting that compound on top of each other, that the investment continues to grow, that whatever investment I put in or whatever interest and investment that I put in into my personal growth, it compounds. And then if that compounds, everything around me compounds. But there's a mentality that comes with a person that says, I want to be better. I want to do better. I want to have better. You can't have better until you do better. You can't do better until you become better. You can't become better until your belief is better. And you cannot believe better until you're around God more. And when those things begin to manifest, then you will be there will be a drive and a desire to grow. And it all boils down to have I made God the Lord over my life? Whoever's your Lord will lead. 
Whoever is your Lord will lead. If your Lord is your stomach, if your Lord is a woman, if your Lord is a man, if your Lord is relationship or the need thereof, that thing will lead you. All right? So you got to say, hey, what areas in my life have I yet to make God or Jesus Lord over? And you said, and stop speaking on your next moves. Hey, stuff mode, family. Nobody really knows. Nobody knows my next move. That's what keeps people from talking against your moves. It keeps people from interfering with your moves. The only time they should they should hear about your next move is when after you moved. And so you have to be willing to deal with the insecurity or whatever it is to make, because a lot of people, and I've been guilty of when I was younger, I wanted people to know my next move because I want to know they're, that they're, they're not better than me or they're not me and, and look what I'm doing right now. Then I realized it brought unnecessary comments my way. It brought unnecessary voices my way. It just brought a lot of stuff. Or I was embarrassed and nobody cared. <laughs> It could be we, we, we you don't want to be embarrassed that you tell your next moves. Nobody care if you moved or didn't move or moved at all. Hope to help them. Chris says, what are your thoughts on uh, what's that word? Philo philosophy. I still read my philosophy. I, I'm sorry, sorry. I think it's philosophy. I still read my Bible and words of God. I also dabble in Greek philosophy. Also, I'm a dyslexic and I struggle with reading or audio books. Fine for, yeah. I grew up on the audio Bible. I grew up on the, the Bible dramatized, the dramatized Bible. My mom played that all day on the way to school, on the way home from school. Man, I thought I, I at first I liked it, but then I didn't like it. But then now I love it. So, yeah, there's nothing wrong with listening to the audio Bible. And even if you got to pause and repeat and, and, and let it soak and let it play while you sleep, man, that stuff is beneficial. The word will get the word no matter how it's given, whether it's read or heard, it will get in there. Right. Now, you said, I still read the Bible and words. Uh, I dabble in Greek philosophy. Well, you just got to ask yourself, does the philosophy that I'm reading finds its roots biblically? If its roots are not in it biblically, then it will be, you will be used as mixed seed with the word of God. You don't want mixed seed. You don't want wheat and weeds in the same pot or in the same garden because the weeds will try to eat the wheat or it will suffocate the wheat. So you have to make sure whatever philosophy that you get it from, whether it's Greek or whether it's from me or whoever you get any type of thought or biblical, whatever, whatever. You got to know the word so much for yourself or be willing to take what you're gaining from the philosophical uh, uh, um, areas and begin to say, OK, before I bury it here, before I allow it to get rooted here, I'm going to make sure that it lines up with God's word. Because what happens is usually in this world mixed with our sin nature, we'll always bend towards what tickles our fancy, what our lies, what are deceptive, what is what is not of God. Because usually things not of God matches the parts of us not of God. And for a lot of people, the bulk of who they are is not of God. Therefore, they lead, they feed that area. Therefore, they don't want to go to the truth. And so they'll try to balance it with philosophy. They'll try to balance certain things without having the discipline or the wherewithal to be able to say, does this match it in all the scriptures that I'm reading as well? So what I would do is I would I would I would spend a lot more. I would spend more time listening to God's word, listening to people that, you know, for a fact are rooted in God's word. And so that you can have a better radar to see. Which like there's people that you may listen to on YouTube, whatever, whatever. You have to be careful because we'll tend to bend towards the, the, the deceptive end or to other people. And then they will begin to shape our worldview, shape our ambitions, shape these different things. And then slowly but surely we'll be away from God's word and they will be the word that we read and, and putting in mixed seed and keeping us from really growing the fruit that we need to grow. Hope to help. 
Miss Bishop says, "Hey, Coach, hope you well. Pray on the spot when uh, when need. That's what we have to do. Keeping that's right. Amen. We have to pray for our brothers and sisters, man. That's what we're here for." Nana B says, "Hey, Coach, if God gives you an open door and you have confirmation it's from God, how unwise is it to turn the other way just because it's a difficult road? Um, difficulties develop. Difficulties develop." Usually the place that God leads us is for our betterment. It betters us because of the difficulties, right? It is the, I promise you, the person you become from the difficulty is better than staying the same in a place where it's not difficult. It's very unwise because wherever God leads you, it's the safest place. The will of God will not take you where his grace won't keep you. Wherever God is leading you right now, that's the best place to be. I don't care if it's a place you don't want to be. I don't care if everyone there is annoying. I don't care what is on that path. God is going to use that place with the people in it to shape and mold you, to develop you, because we don't grow where we're comfortable. We grow where we're challenged. And God who cares about your growth is going to bring you down the path where you are going to be challenged. So if God gives you an open door and you have confirmation, you better go. Because if you get a confirmation for your plane, you got confirmation that that's your plane, but you get on the wrong plane, will you end up at your destination? No. If you're endeavoring to fly to a particular place and you get a confirmation in your mail letting you know that this is the gate or you got a confirmation ticket saying this is the gate for your plane to take off, to take you to your dreamland, the place that you want to go, you would be unwise say, you know what, I'm going to get on this plane. Or I'm going to get rid of this ticket. I changed my plans. I'm going to go this way. Then you're going to end up at a place that you was never meant to be. Because I promise you, wherever God has for you, there's provision. That, that's why you look at the word provision. The uh, whoever Whoever's vision it is, is responsible for the provision. And so God's got a lot that he wants, wants to provide for you, no matter how difficult. That's why he gave you his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to comfort you. You're welcome, uh, you welcome, K. Toussaint. Purpose says, I had fun before I became a Christian years ago. I want to stay pure. I get depressed and angry and feel lonely without someone. It's a natural desire. How to trust God that he brings a partner. First off, you have to allow God to be your partner in order for you to be a good partner to someone else. So many times we focus on being partnered up versus being partnered up. We want to be partnered up with someone versus being partnered up. We got to partner up with God because then God will bring us up to a part to a place that we need to be to partner, to meet, to match the partner that he has for us. Before you can be partnered up, you got to partner up. Say, God, I'm in partnership with you and I trust you. The reason why it may be difficult for you right now and you feel lonely without someone, because first off, you don't know the one. In order to meet the one, you got to know the one that holds the one. Because when you know the one, then you will become the one you need to be to match the one that he has for you, for y'all too, to become one flesh, to do something to advance on behalf of his kingdom. So byproducts of depression, angry and feeling lonely is because you are trying to uh, you're hoping that God brings someone else to complete you versus you being completed in him so that you can be whole enough to complete complement them. We were meant to complement, not to complete depression, depression, anger and loneliness is the fruit or byproducts of a person that is not yet or have yet to be completed in Christ. He's the only one that can deal with your depression, not a man, because what you're going to do is you're going to get with someone, a young woman or a young man. I think you're a young man. You will get with a woman 
And then you will be, you will put God-like expectations on that woman. You'll be like, well, she'll solve my depression. She'll solve my anger. She'll solve my loneliness. If you're angry, depressed, and lonely before you meet her, then you won't be able to greet her. You won't be able to be someone that she can enjoy and vice versa. Only Jesus can deal with depression. Only Jesus can deal with anger. Only Jesus could deal with loneliness because he was the only one that paid the price for that. And he gave us his spirit to be able, the Holy Spirit, to be able to mend and heal those different areas. Because you're depressed for a reason. You're angry for a reason. You're lonely for a reason. And no human being can solve that. That's not, no matter if you marry the best woman in the world. It don't even matter if you marry the one that he has for you. Listen, it ain't going to work. So you have to change your perspective. You got to change your mindset. You see, I get depressed and angry and feel lonely without someone. That means you must not love you, my friend. And if you don't love you, then your fears have not been perfected by God's love. For, the, for God's love casts out all fear. You see what I'm saying? The perfect love of God casts out all fear. So when you know that you're loved by God, then all the fear, the fear of being alone with yourself, a fear of, 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 of being joyful, the fear, whatever fear is causing the anger, causing depression, causing aloneness, whatever that fear is, is because you haven't allowed the God to love you. And most people don't know enough of God to be loved by God. What I mean by that, they don't know enough about God to be open to be loved by God. And so you really got to start doing some deep dives into your heart. And asking yourself, what am I afraid of? Do I is God just someone that's supposed to bring me things? Is God just the one that's supposed to be my butler and my maid? Like, is he supposed to just be that or is he the Lord over my life? And yes, you're right. You're right, my friend. It's a natural desire. It's a natural desire. But anything, uh, it may be natural, but it could be carnal. It could be natural, but it can be tainted. Every, I desire, everyone desires good things, but bad people with good things make good things weapons. You see what I'm saying? Now, if God gave a relationship, that relationship will be weaponized. You'll be surprised what you do. If you mix, if God was to bring you a wife right now, it would just be a band-aid. She would just be a band-aid, but it won't cause no healing. It'll be, it'll just cover up a mess. But eventually when that band-aid starts getting old, when that band-aid is start whatever, whatever, then, 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 then that wound is still going to be there. Now, how to trust God that He brings a partner? Great question. How to trust? You got to trust that He has what's best. If you don't trust that He has what's best, then you're not going to rest. You need rest right now. When a person trusts and believes that God has what's best for them, they can rest until it comes. They can rest because they know God is going to give them their His best and. When you know that God has what's best for you, it makes you want to become your best. So now you don't have no time to focus on a man. You have no time to focus on a woman. You have no time to focus on a relationship because you know I'm not my best self. Are you your best self is the question. If you're not your best self, then you can't be your best with God's best. So you might as well just rest, become your best, and believe that God has what's best for you. But best doesn't match average. Best doesn't match subpar. Best don't even match good. Best must match best. And you can't be your best until you're at rest and until you're focusing on becoming your best self to give God something great and amazing to use. 
But you have to understand God's character. God will not bring you a man. God will not bring you a woman. God will not bring you anything that you're not mature enough to manage. He will not bring it. And you're going to sit there and be mad at him for year after year after year. But your anger and your tears will not make God bring things near. Tears and anger is not going to make God bring things near. It's not. God's going to be like, you can be mad if you want to say whatever you want. But I'm not bringing him. I'm not bringing her. He's not. So you just got to you got to understand that and just say, you know what? Write on a sheet of paper everything you want in a woman. Write on a sheet of paper everything you want in a spouse and ask if you have it in your house. If you don't have it in your house, then you're not a spouse for that spouse. Whatever you want in a spouse, check your house. Say, do I got what it needs, what it needs, what she or he will need to match? If I don't, I ain't ready to catch. I'm not ready. And that should inspire you. God, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to become my best. Lord, I'm going to rest because I know you have what's best for me. Amen. Amen. Then he says, no problem. Looking for. OK, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, uh, here we go. Christina says, how do you find your voice as a believer? Great question. To be bold and not timid and fearful. I feel like there's a spiritual attacking that's happening behind the scenes. A lot more to it, but too much to write. Trust me, I understand. The devil does not love and does not want uh, the voice of the kingdom echoing in this world, in this realm. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't want God speaking through his chosen men and women. He doesn't. So how do you find your voice as a believer? Number one, you have to say, okay, what do I have to say? In order for me to have my voice, I got to say, what's the vision? God, what's your vision for me? Secondly, God, what's my volume? What all do I have to offer? Volume, double entendre, volume as far as how loud do you want me to be? Am I, am I, a, am I a global voice? Am I a national voice? You know, am I, am I a local voice? Am I a voice in my neighborhood? Am I a family voice? How, what's the volume? How loud do I need to be? Do I, need to, do I need to spread my, my volume out to the nation? Then you determine where your voice is. Second, you got to determine your, va- your volume as far as like, what do you have? Volume, like the buoyancy, the density of you. Like, like what's my volume? Like, 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 what do I have to really say? Because people don't care what you got to say unless you've been where they've been. People don't care what you got to say unless you know the way. People don't care what you got to say if they don't see it in your life. <clears throat> so what's your volume? Then what's the vision? What's the vision for your voice? Because a lot of people got like a, a, a vision for their voice that doesn't even match with the voice that God wants them to have. Right? Is my is my is my uh is my voice uh um balanced? The Bible of Jesus, Jesus came with grace and truth. Is it balanced? If you if you if you only talk grace, then people won't change and re- and repent for their sins. But if you only tell truth. Without grace, then people are gonna think you're judging them. So you gotta have to ask yourself, what is the, you know, the balance to my voice, right? And he said to be bold and not timid and fearful. Well, when you when you know something to be true and you and you know for a fact that God wants you to say it, then spray it when He wants you to. But timid, timidity and fear goes away when you know your volume, when you know your vision, and when you know the balance. He said, I feel like there's a spiritual attacking that's happening behind the scenes. Of course. Because you must have something to say. But as start, start, start talking to God. Become very familiar with God's voice. In order to have a voice, you have to know the voice. And in order to find your voice, you got to find the voice. 
In order for you to find your voice, you got to be familiar with his voice. Because no matter what he leads you to do, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, no matter what he leads you to do, no matter, Daniel, no matter what he leads you to do, David, whatever you got to say, people can't argue against it. People can't come against it because you know the voice of God and you know that his voice, when it's spoken through you, no devil in hell can stop you or silence you or harm you. And you got to, and you got to, um, you got you can't you can't be too vicious with your voice. What I mean by look at John the Baptist. John the Baptist kept talking too much. He got political. He got he started talking about Herod and his wife and got him killed. So you got it. There's a lot to your voice as far as management. Like, like I don't just be saying everything. I don't name drop all the time. I don't do stuff like that because you got to be smart with your voice. Because your voice is power and your voice can bring unnecessary drama to your life that God never intended for you to say. So you have to know his voice in order to find your voice so there won't be no timidity or fear in your voice. But we don't want that thing to swing to the extreme where you now out there talking reckless and they snatch your necklace <laughs> and, and, and they come up to your face and they and they pressing you reckless. You don't want that. Hope they help. Sadie says, what do, does it mean if you may see your ancestors crying in the dark but near the light where you can see whom they... Lesions to and the reading of the Bible is comfortable. Oh, uh, what does it mean if you may see your ancestors? The only only ancestor I see <laughs> is what I mean by this. Hear me what I'm saying. The only ancestor I care about is the Holy Ghost, Jesus' Spirit that grafted me into His family. Which you gotta be careful with that kind of stuff, my family. I think if I think I know what you're saying, and listen, those are familiar spirits. And you gotta be very careful with familiar spirits. The familiar spirits will bring something familiar to you, and it ain't them. They just know demons know people. Demons know they they know your auntie, they know your uncle, they know your great grandmama, they know all that. They know how to conjure up that, that spirit and sound like them, say things and miss some them because all they gotta do is call that demon that knew her. Hey, tell me everything about her trend. Uh send me the files, send me the voice files so I can sound just like her. <laughs> you think our technology is advanced? <clears throat> you the spiritual world, the natural world is a billion uh 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 years behind the technology of the spiritual world. <laughs> You, who you think these, these, I ain't gonna say too much on that. But what I'm saying is, you gotta leave them familiar spirits alone, man. You have to be very unfamiliar with them familiar spirits. PTO says, Do you have a story God revealed the hearts of, like, do you have a story God revealed the hearts of people that made you separate from them? Like some people have a switch. Expound that family. Do you have a story God revealed the hearts of people that made you separate from them? I don't understand your question, family. If you're still there, write it some more from Purpose says, I have two cities to move to. City one, lake, new language, greater story. City number two, no lake, bigger city, same language, and I speak. I think I would choose city one, but I'm not sure any thoughts. Well, what I would say is, my friend, oh, oh, you talking to somebody else. You just got to make sure God tell you where to go. You never make a decision based upon what's in the city. You make a decision because you were sent to that city. Because you don't want to be in the wrong city because God is not going to move. Hear me what I'm saying? God is not going to move what he has in this city to the city you chose in disobedience. God is not going to take the things that was meant to be in the city he wants you to be, feel sad and feel empathetic and take what you, and take what was meant for you over here to come over here. No. Those who seek the kingdom first, and his righteousness, all these things will be added. Things are added after you seek. 
after you seek the kingdom and seek what he wants you to do and be in the midst of it, seek and see and, and, and be where he wants you to be, then those things will be added to God is not going to take from a place of obedience and add to a place of disobedience. So it is imperative that you find his narrative and find out where he wants you to be and where he wants you to be and be there. So, yeah, what should I do? What move should I make? I won't. I wouldn't make a move until you know the move. If you don't know, don't go. Simple as that. If you don't know, don't go. But in the meantime, look at your heart and ask yourself, look where your heart is lunging towards. If, if you because if we make if we continuously to make a, if we continue to make a habit of moving without being moved, then we're going to keep losing. You have to move when moved. I only when the fire moves, I move. The cloud moves, I move. The Holy Spirit say move, I move. I only move when I tell him what I move. He says, but I know I should go. Then, yeah, yeah. If you know it, but your know has to come not from your knowledge bank, but from your knower. What is the Holy Spirit? Wherever the Holy Spirit wants you to go, go there, my friend. Go there. And if you don't know, don't go. Yeah, if he told you to go, my friend, go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Love you guys. I got to go. Hope this was a blessing to you all. I have some things that I have to, uh, you can check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. It's a book that will process your feelings so that you can get back to fulfilling your purpose in life, your roles in life. If you're looking for a book to help you process wholeness and how to hold things better, this book, The Wholeness Journal, will be a great resource for you. Also, it has a card game that you can get with it. That's a great fun way to, to, to talk about wholeness and become whole. If you're looking for a book to help you uh, understand the purpose of your singleness, is a great resource, man, to help you maximize your singleness. If you're looking for a book for a dating prep book to help you date the love of your life forever and become dateable. This great is a great book to see whether or not you guys are on the same sentence, on the same paragraph, on the same page. And if not, turn the page and leave them on that page and move on. But it's also a great book for singles. Hey, man, if you just want to better know what you need to know and what you need to have in your life is a great book here. Uh, check out my other book, Counterfeit or Counterpart. If you want to better understand the will of God for your life, it's a great resource to get to gain clarity from God. And to know exactly what God wants you to do and how God speaks, etc., etc. If you need help with uh, soul ties and strongholds, and you want to better understand the purpose of freedom. This book right here will help you become free. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So if you're struggling with soul ties or strongholds, this book would be a great resource for you. If you're struggling with spiritual warfare or and or you want to better understand the whole armor of God, this book World of War Me would be a great resource. If you have a young person that's like, hey man, I want to better. Uh, a young person that you say, hey, they, they want to discover their art. They want to know who they are. This would be a great book to help them. Got a lot of proverbial uh, wise sayings and they'll help guide young people to make good decisions. We also got merch on our website. Or if you feel led to give, you're like, hey, man, I want to so, I want to uh, uh, give towards this or whatever. You can do all that on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Thank you so much for watching. Y'all like, share, comment, uh, catch the next video. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.